I think one big learning for me and um, I think another passion point as to why I started the business was this idea of connectivity and, um, you know, giving florals as a way to help others find a bit of joy, especially in a time where there's so many things uncertain in the world um, and also build sisterhood and communities. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Have a Map. My name is Alma Sams. It's lovely to be with you all today. And I have with me Brie. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Brie. I always say my name is Brie like the cheese, but um, it's not because it's spelled B-R-I without the E. And I also love cheese, but the only one I don't like is Brie, but that's the anal analogy I use. So my name is Brie. Um, I turned 23 on Friday. I graduated from High Point University this past May with a major in event management. The industry is rather non-existent right now. So I decided to continue my education and go for my master's. I'm doing it virtually from Chicago, living at home because I was done with just the dorm life. And I was like, you know what? I can just live at home. Why not? Um, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but every day I feel like I get one step closer to figuring it out. So We'll see, but right now I'm just working, um, doing school and trying to be as creative as I can, whatever that means in the type of time that we're in. Whatever I wake up and feel like doing is what I do. I love that for you. And I so feel being done with the dorm life. I'm still in the dorm and yet I'm done with the dorm life. <laughs> uh, and we have with us the lovely Ria. Would you like to introduce yourself as well and like tell us what sort of work that you've been up to lately? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Ria. I'm based in New York. I've been here for about going on seven years now. Um, by day, I work at Twitter, so I'm a social marketing lead. I focus primarily on the creator and music verticals, and I also run my own floristry business called Kindred Twines that is coming up on its one-year anniversary, which is, you know, kind of crazy to think about. But um, that was also an endeavor that was born out of this uh, pandemic situation that we're in. But um, yeah, I've been I've been working at Twitter for about three months now, and just a little bit about my day-to-day -day there and um, what my role entails. So as a social marketing lead, um, my team and I really dive into the trending conversations. Um, we're trying to find the things that are most Twittery of the internet, um, all creators, artists, and finding ways to activate and elevate them <clears throat> on the platform and um, you know, do dil diligence to the communities that are really of Twitter. That's brilliant. It's so cool that you started floristry during the pandemic, like making the world a little bit, little bit prettier. I love that. Just a little bit, a little bit. So do you make like centerpieces for like um, anything? Is that what you like make flower bundles? Yeah, so it, it's interesting how I started. Um, I want to say I picked it up as a hobby back in 2016. So for me, dealing with flowers was a very ritualistic practice. And, you know, it was something that I loved going out in the mornings to a bodega and just like setting up a little arrangement for myself at home. Um, but as the years have gone on, um, you know, I've continued to do that in my own home. Um, I gift it to my girlfriends, to family, 
Um, and it, it sort of evolved into this interest from others asking, you know, hey, is this something that you would be willing to offer as a service to have in my own home? Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of where it all started. But I I do everything from arrangements to installation work for events. I have my first two weddings coming up that I'm doing <laughs> for doing that's so for exciting. For, yeah, it's 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 taken off in ways that I. I, you know, wouldn't even have imagined a year ago. It makes me think because every Christmas and holiday, my mom's like, we never know what to get her. But every year she says flowers because I don't know, they're just beautiful and they bring happiness and they smell good and they look good. And I think you're onto something genius over there. I think that's really genius. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think one big learning for me and um, I think another passion point as to why I started the business was this idea of connectivity and, um, you know, giving florals as a way to help others find a bit of joy, especially in a time where there's so many things uncertain in the world um, and also build sisterhood and community. So that act of giving something beautiful in the form of a floral um, is, is another way to stay connected wow i love that so much and talking of staying connected if we go back to you as a social marketing lead because i was having a look at your uh, linkedin page and i saw that you got your bachelor's in biology is that right so yes. how did you go from that degree to being a social uh, marketing lead at twitter yeah. that was gonna be my question i was looking at that and i'm like hmm <laughs> It's well, first off, it's been quite a ride. I'll, I'll start there. But I think I'm the, the poster child for going to college and getting a degree in something that you never use. So that that has kind of been the, the start of my journey. But yes, I, I did my undergrad at Syracuse. Um, I think, you know, growing up, I was a huge um, CSI and Criminal Minds fan and was very into all things bio and forensic. So um, that was kind of my path in college. Um, I spent some time working in a research lab, did developmental neuroscience. And, you know, for a long time, I, I was really into the idea of going into research and trying to create a, cre a career in, in the forensic space. Um, but I think as someone who's always been into things like pop culture, fashion, and music, there was always this little voice in my head of, you know, how can I sort of have my creative life balance out with all of this, um, I guess you'd say like hardcore science work. It, it never felt as aligned. Um, so when I graduated, I started doing internal comms at Johnson & Johnson. And for me, this was a, a bit of a deviation from some of the more hardcore science. I had a really unique opportunity to um, work on the internal newsletter and work on um, helping the company sort of discuss the innovation that they were working on and do it in a way that wasn't muddled in scientific jargon. So taking that complex science background and you know having more of a journalistic touch to it where everything wasn't so research driven. Um, so as I continued on this path into science and writing and communications, because I, I didn't have um, a lot of comms or marketing experience in college, but I did take some writing classes and had always loved creative writing. Um, 
I had I had moved to New York and joined a, a PR agency working in healthcare comms. And you know, after a while, you kind of get that sense of knowing what isn't isn't for you. And for me, healthcare started to drive me crazy. Um, so I spent a lot of time just leveraging my network, connect, building connections in New York, and trying to find those pockets of creatives and take on projects that were more rooted in culture and and beauty and you know fashion and had that connection to the things that I love. So while I was working in healthcare PR for about two and a half years, three years, um, I was doing those things on the side and working with like, um, what was the name of the first one? It was a streetwear magazine. Um, you know, I, I'd help her, the founder sort of build out her marketing plan, her social plan. Um, and then from there, I realized like, hey, I have to make this full-time switch because I'm just not happy and passionate in the healthcare field. So um, I guess long story short, how I jumped into uh, marketing at Twitter, I first discovered this group called MIM Connect, Minorities and Media Connect. Um, and they have a lot of different job postings. And I ended up applying to my first advertising agency gig at Anomaly. And that's um, where I got the bulk of my experience, I'd say, in sort of pivoting into more of a creative storytelling role um, and, you know, becoming a bit more immersed in all things advertising and marketing. You know, I had some really fun opportunities and experiences to work on, like the Reese's of the world, the John walkers and all of these really fun big exciting brands and um it's kind of funny because it, it feels very full circle my uh first role at anomaly i was actually a community manager for the candy brand Reese's. so oftentimes i was just like tweeting out like in the voice of will arnett and just going crazy on the platform and um kind of you know, here's where I am now. I'm back at Twitter talking online. <laughs> that's really cool. Honestly, that's all you can do is really, well, okay. I think about it in the way that I majored in event management, but because I graduated in a time that's such unknown. And I mean, a lot of companies weren't hiring interns that were juniors. They want people that are like structured in that way. And so when I graduated, I was like, great, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. I didn't have any experience on my resume besides um, this DIM events internship, as well as another one that was at like a nonprofit organization, but it wasn't hands-on. And I'm like, great, but you don't have to do anything that really you're majored in. And I mean, you're an example of that. And I have no clue what I want to do yet, but it's not like I wasted my four years. I don't like to think of it as that because I learned so much in those times. So I like your background. That was a great, pretty inspiring. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to that point, um, I think while having internships are super important, there's also value in taking on just like passion projects with friends or, um, you know, doing things that don't necessarily are the, they're not necessarily the traditional um, apprenticeship or, or internship. Um, they can be for fun and not having to be super formal or tied to anything because that, that experience counts as well. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I think I, no one 
also warns you about this post-grad life. So I graduated. I'm like, great. What do I do now? The routine I've known for four years is now over. Um, Now I'm living back in my parents' house. It's a very isolating experience until, especially because I'm doing school virtual now, it's not like I have a full-time career or whatever. So um, I think it was in like June and I don't even remember. I always give people the example when I like tell them this story, but in um, Home Alone, when he realizes that he's his parents are in New York without him kind of had this like idea. I was like, wow, I can really make the life I want out of whatever I want to do or whatever I'm doing. And I never thought about life that way. I just thought about it as, okay, I go to school, I graduate, I get my degree and I go and I work a nine to five and I come home and on and on. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. That's not the life I want to live. And I'm actually terrified to go and give myself away to work and completely do that for the rest of my life. But um, in June, I actually started my own YouTube channel and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, like the first video, I think the audio was completely off, but there's this constant, constant creativity that I think builds up inside of me that is inspiring because it's like every day I channel something new. It's like, trying to create something that people are going to like, what's going to go well, what's going to go bad, what are people going to watch, what are people going to comment on. So I think that's something that I'm passionate about, but can I turn that passion into a career? I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I think I made a TikTok the other day about my brother and um, he plays football and my mom had decorated the entire house. I'm like, mom, it feels like Christmas. Like, why are we decorating a house in all of this football gear? She's like, I only got one more year to live this life of going to these football games and then it's over forever. So I have to make the most of it. And it literally went viral. And I'm like, all right, great. Like people are liking this content because it's my brother. It's not even me, but here it goes. It it exploded. And it's just like, you never know what you don't know. Um, I don't know what I want the YouTube channel to turn into, but with how sad the world is lately, I think, I don't know. I think I need to find joy in giving back to people in some sort of way shape or form so we'll figure that out one day or the other but that's kind of my thought process as of right now yeah no that that's a phenomenal way to be thinking Um, and I think today more so than ever people who are you know younger are the younger generation who's just getting started and getting their leg up in their career, the world of possibilities is open right now. You can create your own schedule. You can be a bit more flexible about doing multiple things that fuel your passion at once. Um, I know a lot of places like Twitter, for example, they have um, where now like work from anywhere. And that also just opens up another whirlwind of possibilities. Say you want to go out west and you know start start a business or start um you know a community out there and that is that is totally possible so i think nowadays there's there's just endless opportunity to create the life and schedule that you want Definitely. yeah very true i think my hardest thing right now is just thinking about how i can't like how am i going to stand out or be different in a world where everyone's doing the same thing So that's what I'm trying to figure out and battling right now. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't really know if anyone ever knows that or knows the answer to that. I think it's just like, I just have to go in it being inauthentically myself and hope people can relate or find a story or 
find something to cling up, cling on to because I mean, like as cliche, as cliche as it sounds, like Dixie and Charlie D'Amelio, they never knew making a TikTok in their bedroom, they were gonna explode, like things like that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but no one does. Yeah, and I think, um, so a big part of my role, as I was mentioning earlier, is um, tapping into the creator community and sub-communities to understand what it is that both audiences and creators gravitate towards. Um, and there, there is no, there's no secret formula. I think to your point, um, it is about finding what it is you're passionate about, whether it's, you know, you're a pop tart icing aficionado or, you know, into like BTS karaoke. Um, as long as you find your people within um, whichever platform you're on, whether it be the TikToks, the IGs, the Twitters, um, just knowing who you're speaking to and doing the things that you love and creating fun, entertaining content at the end of the day that both resonates with you and your community, that's where the win is. Yes. Yeah. Something that I'm curious about, because you must be on a lot of social media quite a lot. <laughs> and obviously a lot of people sort of recommend staying away from it especially sort of to help your health so do you have like limits for yourself on how much you look at social media or like self-care tips to share with everyone oh absolutely I have um screen time on my phone set so after a certain hour at night like I try to shoot for like 9 30 10 o'clock I know that seems very grandma of me but I try not to end my night with an endless scroll. Um, I will say as far as finding balance, um, you know, I, I was always on Twitter prior to working to Twitter for entertainment purposes, and now it serves a, a duality. So it's like, yes, I'm, I'm scrolling for entertainment, but also I have that work lens on of like, oh, is this, you know, a, a something that has potential to go viral? So I think being able to separate the two and you know have windows of time where it's like all right I can just scroll for fun do my thing but it, it, it doesn't always have to be with the intention of who's next who's who's um you know tweet is going to take off but as far as self-care tips I'm very big on meditating um rather than spending a lot of time tied to my screen. Um, I'm, I'm a huge book fan. Um, I have a book club with two of my girlfriends. So I take a lot of time out of my day to, to read at least like towards the end of the night journaling. I keep my water on deck all the time, staying hydrated. Um, yeah. And just, I think being able to create sort of these rituals and practices that help you stay grounded, especially if you're in the social space, so that when you're pulled out of it, you have that sense of um, connectivity with yourself and you're feeling recharged. And when you go back online, there's not the sense of like, oh my God, I've just been sucked into it 24 seven. I have this new lens or new energy. So um, super, super important, at least for me. And that would be one of my big rec biggest recommendation, you know, find the things that keep you grounded and give you a sense of peace and balance so that when you're back into the day of day, day and day of social, um, you're not sort of spiraling in your head. Yeah, I find myself mindlessly, mindlessly scrolling all the time. And I told my mom the other day, I'm like, I feel like I need a life coach to just plan my schedule for me. 
Um, so maybe like for my birthday or something, that'll be a gift to myself. It's just meeting with a life coach. I'm like, I need you to, I never used to be like that. Like I'm incredibly organized, but just lately I found myself, I'm like, I can't keep up. Um, so I need you to plan when I eat and I take the dog for a walk when I do this. And when I do that, like, it seems crazy, but like, if it's not strategically planned out, I just sit here and think about all the things that I have to do. And I just, I need to work on that. That's for sure. Something I need to get better on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not an overnight thing for sure. And I think the more you can put intention behind your action, whether that is, you know, being on these social streets and looking for a particular type of piece of content um, or taking intentional time to meditate or journal, whatever it may be to find you, to find yourself some peace and and stillness, Um, having that, that intentionality tied to it will will do you so much good in the long run. Yeah. Um, In which of your roles that you had looking at your experience was taught you the biggest like learning curve that you had the biggest learning curve or like went oh wow um well I guess you did give the one example earlier but I mean you've been a manager at multiple different places so leading people what has that role been like yeah so one of I guess the biggest learning curve that I've had especially in in managing um I I will say when I first moved from healthcare to creative advertising, um, that transition was difficult. It was my first real um, opportunity and and job to learn all there is about advertising and, and social media and really get into the day-to-day of like understanding social metrics and applying um, like social listening and, and research and insights to all of the ideas that we were putting forth and it was very different coming from uh PR healthcare PR at the time because I was writing or writing a lot of pitches and press releases and it was just a shift in how I had to think of my day-to-day um so I think that was one of the biggest learning curves and it it was such a fun experience I will say like I had an amazing um managerial and support team and just like my team in general was so fun to work with and they never put me in a position to feel that um if I didn't know anything I didn't have the it was a safe space to open up and ask any type of questions which I love and appreciate um but as far as managing um my, I want to say two jobs ago, I feel like I've moved around a lot. Um, I worked at this agency called Metier. They were a boutique, um, more like fashion and beauty agency. And there I had two direct reports. And those were, that was my first time really managing a team. Um, And I like my biggest piece of advice as far as managing and what I've learned from my managers in the past it's like you have to give those that you're working with the the creative freedom um, and sort of steer them along to help bring their ideas to life you know I've had my fair share of managers who have been 
<laughs> micromanagers or, you know, they, they've never really helped me feel empowered to um, bring, bring my ideas to the table. So one of the things that I loved about managing was helping to guide the people that were working with me um, to bring their ideas to life and just sort of be that strategic guide that, that they need at the time. That is awesome. Leadership roles are so good, especially when you've had like rubbish bosses in the past and you're like, I'm going to fix this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you've um, sort of jumped from job to job a little bit. Would you say that's a, a good thing for like someone to do if they're not entirely sure what exact field they want to be in? I say if it makes sense for you and if you're not getting something from a current role that you desire or you're feeling unfulfilled, then absolutely take the jump, make the change, do what you need to do to better position yourself for success and, um, you know, set yourself up to where you're nine to five, because it is such a huge chunk of your day is making you feel energized and excited about showing up. So um, for me, it's always, it's always been a matter of right place, right time. Um, I think about when I made the move from Anomaly to Metier, for example, um, most of my clients at Anomaly were in the food and bev section, which was really fun. Like you can, you can go crazy with it, but um, there, there was a project that I was put on for one of the brands I was working with, Crown Royal Apple, where we were pulling together an activation for Art Basel and that was kind of my first entry point into working with creators to tap into cultural conversation. So the, the ask there was to help bring um, an artist from the Miami area and create this basketball court, a mural, something that was a give back to the community. So how do you tie in a creator with a brand and create impact versus, you know, jumping on something trendy or feeling like you're just on the appropriation wagon. Um, so how do you really spark those moments um, with creators and brands so that it comes across as authentic and fun and true to what's happening? Um, so there I was tasked with working with this artist, Deanna Koval. We worked with her to create this mural on the on the basketball court. Um, and it was that like this beautiful give back moment to, to the community. So rather than you know, you know, Art Basel, it's just like the hottest parties. It's a very showy and flashy um, place to be at. So that was my entry point into working with creators and having more of that like cultural tie. Um, and then I realized, you know, hey, I want to do more of this. I love this like event space and um, it, there was like a tie to fashion there as well. So when the opportunity came up to go uh, work with Metier, my clients shifted um, primarily to Miami Design District. So um, again, this was a really awesome opportunity and it made sense because I was wanting to explore more of the fashion realm. Um, and a lot of my work there would be going down to Miami, helping um, reposition the district as 
you know, a place where all are welcome. You can have a great time. Yes, it's shopping and lifestyle, but there is a sense of cultural immersion. There's an art scene. It's not just, you know, if you want to go shop at the Louis Vuitton and Gucci's, but how do you help shift the narrative of, of a physical location and make it more attractive for the masses? So, um, yeah, I, I think right place, right time. If you're looking to jump around, try something different. Um, I, I am, I'm definitely not against it. As, as you've probably seen on my resume, I think I've made about five or six changes in five or six years. So just, you got to keep moving. What did the um, pandemic look like for you? I don't know if this is when you started your floral business or um, what did that shift in career look like both in your career as well as were you home, were you not home? Um, what did the office space kind of how did it change? Yeah, so the pandemic brought a lot, a lot of change for me. Um, as I mentioned, during that time, I think it was January of 2020, I was working at Metier and again, flying back and forth from Miami. And one of the goals of that client was, you know, how do we increase foot traffic to a physical location? So with the onset of the pandemic, we couldn't do that anymore. So I ended up having to, that client was um, resigned and I was actually furloughed for a while. So I was out of work for like five months, I want to say, and it was a really, really hard time. And I think a blessing in disguise because I was able to take the time for myself, recalibrate think about, you know, what I want to do next. So I, I wasn't in an office space. I wasn't really tied down to those nine to five hours and having to commit to anything outside of what, it, what is it that Rhea wants to do? So um, after a few months, I started back up on the, on the job hunt um, and transitioned to work at Birchbox. And there I took on a brand partnerships role um, brand marketing and partnerships. And a lot of this had to do with working with creators in the beauty space. So while it wasn't directly tied to fashion, the partnerships element sort of gave me that leverage to tie beauty and fashion together or, you know, beauty and, and anything that made sense for the brand and telling those month, monthly themes of um, what we had slated for each beauty box. So um, again, it, it was one of those moments where right place, right time. Um, I, I started looking, it came up as an ideal opportunity because it tied a lot of what I wanted from my previous opportunity, um, and encouraged me to even dive deeper into all things creators within the beauty space. So, um, started working there. I was fully remote and it was, it was an adjustment again, just like jumping back into to nine to five life. It's like, wow, that, you know didn't have this type of downtime. Um, <laughs> that was primarily for my, for my job for a while. Um, and then a few months later, I want to say it's like July. And then I started my floral business in September. Um, I know while I was having some downtime, I, you know, reimmersed myself back in florals, uh, just making them for the home. Um, and then I, I went on a vacation, I want to say in September, took an online floristry class. And, um, you know, my partner, he ended up proposing that, 
hey, why don't, no, not that type of proposing, <laughs> no. <laughs> he offered the idea that, you know, you should put your fear aside and really pursue this as, as a business. I had been thinking about it for a long time. And, um, you know, he helped me sort of work through that fear to actualize that into an idea and into a dream and, and shoot for it. So um, yeah, the pandemic was very eye-opening for me in a lot of ways in terms of both transitioning careers, diving deeper into my work with creators, um, into different beats and areas like beauty, fashion, um, and also finding the courage to believe in myself to move forward with my own personal endeavor. Amazing. Um, I think I can relate on okay well I can't really say that yet because I don't know if my passions are going to turn into anything but like I love what I'm passionate about so far um but I didn't I think in when I said I had that like epiphany moment I had written down all of the things I was passionate about and everything on the list was um skincare fashion makeup like all of the basic things but like they're not basic to me because I love them and yeah, I did just get off the treadmill. Like I don't look my best right now, but usually like I love taking the time to make myself feel good, whatever that may be. Um, and now I'm like, where was I going with this? It was going into something great. Oh, but being in this post-grad remote kind of world, I'm like, and my college experience wasn't the best. It was very isolating as well. It was in a the middle of nowhere and um but my parents told me I could never transfer so I did it and now I'm done and I'm thankful I learned a lot about myself I don't regret any of it but I'm like I really need to cultivate a community and a friendship out of don't know what but it's going to be something so starting the YouTube channel I'm like yeah I may be doing a serial mukbang I may be doing a day in the life or like going to family events but there's other people out there that can relate and I don't know, one day I hope, I don't want to have my own like sway house, whatever they call that, but I'm like, I meet a group of people that likes doing the same thing because I can meet people through this platform and I didn't think about it like that, but like other people put their passions together, make magic, but we'll see one day. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll find out in the future. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that, that's an important one, finding and building community. And truthfully, I'm, I'm still doing that, that process doesn't end whether it's my online community or my IRL community. Um, you're always seeking new connections and interacting. Granted, it's a little bit harder now with, with COVID um, to like go out as frequently and meet those people, go to networking events. Um, but it, it's it's possible and it, it's continuous as your ideas change and evolve, as you change and evolve, you're gonna make new connections that align with your passion and interests. Yeah, I hope. But I mean, now I'm like realizing, I'm like, I don't even know how I socialized before the pandemic. Like I forget, like, what did I do to like make this community? But I don't think any of us remember, like we're all in the same boat together. So I guess that makes it feel somewhat better. But I mean, we're just going one day at a time. Yeah, it's it's so tough to think about what social life was pre-pandemic. Um, you know, there there was that time, and I'm sure you guys were doing this too, where everyone's just like group FaceTiming or having like virtual wine nights or something. So um yeah, it's it's all trying to figure out what a new normal looks like if there if there is one. <laughs> yes. 
I so feel that. I've just gone back to uni in real life after oh, I know a year of remote learning, and I don't know, don't know how to talk to people anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say how 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 is that treating you? It's, yeah, where are you in London? You said. Yeah, I'm in um a sort of like South London. Um, what's it called? Elephant and Castle. Okay, I don't know. I did study abroad when the pandemic went like um took place and yeah. I did get sent home from London so I thought you know maybe maybe what if but it's yeah. I don't recognize that so that's not it no I was in a I, I was in a room with 30 people today because we had to like there's no more remote learning here so it is it is very strange I, I sort of miss sort of waving awkwardly at people to do <laughs> um but another question that I have for you is if um, someone was interested in sort of getting into the career that you're in right now, how do you think like they would best go about doing that? So if you're interested in, I guess you'd say, so my, just to back up a little bit, I've had a very hybrid experience, um, you know, after I made that transition from healthcare PR to agency life to brand side. And it's always been a culmination of, social strategy, creative strategy, um, and a little bit of brand strat. So I think if someone is looking to break in that field, um, you know, definitely understand the platforms, try to know as much as you can about different communities on social, um, you know, joining different groups that are all about um, trending culture, or social marketing, subscribing to newsletter, being in the digi days of the world. Um, those are gonna be your best friends. Um, yeah, just like equipping yourself with the right resources um, and having an understanding of what is being said on which communities uh, or which platforms, excuse me, and knowing like social best practices on how to, um, you know, do paid paid social media or um you know writing writing social copy if you're looking to do be more in like a copywriting aspect of things so um yeah there are a, a multitude of ways but definitely just having that social first social over everything mindset um how to help elevate content on different platforms, what type of content works for different platforms, obviously. And IG story is going to drive a different type of response and impact versus a poll on Twitter. So just, in, and it seems like very common, very common knowledge, but um, you'd be surprised how, how far things like that take you. I love that. So very last question, I think, unless Brie, if you've got any other ones. I don't have any off the top of my head honestly I this has been great I feel like I can relate I can just share about things usually I talk to the wall so it's been nice of getting the wall or the dog depending on which mood I'm in um but yeah no go ahead you can ask your last question awesome so we like to end a little bit musically so if you had to describe your last few days with a song or an artist or an album what would you choose Oh goodness. Um, I, the past few days, I think, so I don't know how much you guys are into like Astro Twitter. I'm very much like 
astrology over everything <laughs> and um with the recent full moon that's gone down I've been in a very like chill zen vibe but also like tapping into this like divine feminine so I would say I'm like all things Janae Aiko have been speaking to me and I've just been like vibing out to her the past few days <laughs> I don't know you know every day I take the dog for a walk and I listen to music and I've been thinking I've been screenshotting songs that I want to make into a laptop case or a phone case because I love music and I think it has the ability to transform us into a different dimension, uh, give us an escape from reality. And I think it's when I'm walking, when I'm not doing anything else that I like listen to the words and I'm just, wow, like that's powerful. But today I think I screenshotted the song, um, Fairy Tale by, um, who, who sings it? Livingston. Um, it's just about like growing up and how like um, one of the lyrics is, this is an Andy's room, like from Toy Story. And um, I don't know, it just made me, I'm turning 23 tomorrow. And I'm just like, wow, like getting older sometimes birthdays are sad. I'm like, I don't want to grow up. So if I'm turning 23, I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen when I turn 30? <laughs> but, um, you know, one day at a time. And that song, I think just, it's really pretty. So you guys should go listen to it. I love that. I love that. <laughs> And there's what would Dorian be? We're in like two years, so <laughs> late, the late twenties get better. I assure you. <laughs> I hope so, but my mom always tells me that your twenties are the hardest years of your life, and I think it hit me like this week. I'm like, yeah, you're deciding what you want to do, who you want to be, where you want to live. Like those are like your staples that set you up for life, and I'm like, yeah, now I get it. Oh yeah, it, it's, you don't have to have it all figured out. I'm still figuring it out and I'm 28 and you know, it, it's always a continuous process of having what you want to do, who you want to be fall in place. So you're right on track. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes you feel better. That is so good. I feel better also. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's been like pump up jams like I couldn't list any artists to be honest just whatever plays on Spotify but I need to like walk down the street and feel like I'm a proper bad man like <laughs> the whole world is going yeah go on Amber <laughs> like that's, that's the sort of tune at the minute <laughs> love it I like that thank you <laughs> right so I think this might be it which is a bit sad actually it's had a lovely time talking with everyone <laughs> yeah it's been great I I really appreciate you both having me and it's been so nice getting to know you and share a bit more about my my wild ride so far <laughs> yeah what is your um Instagram do you post your florals I want to see what they look like I do so my Instagram for my florals is at kindred twines k-i-n-d-r-e-d-t-w-i-n-e-s and that, I know it's a, it's a lengthy one. <laughs> we call it kindred for short, but um, my personal is also at Rhea.foy. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, where I'm probably more active, I don't know why my handles don't align here, but I'm Rhea underscore Foy, not dot, that's <laughs> IG, but yeah. Okay. Find me on good any to know website. for the listeners too as well well good luck with the event installation and the weddings those are so exciting um yeah i'm very single but i've saved so much of that kind of stuff so i like looking at them 